Things might get weird. Yeah. Welcome to our life. <laughs> Welcome back to a new episode of the Hewlett House podcast. Today we have our very first interview. And Mandy braved it. <laughs> We're so excited to have one of my favorite people. Thank you for your patience and thank you for hopping on, Mandy, for real. Yes. This is very nice. She's of our you. guinea pig here, so poor thing has gone through, gone through the ringer with us for a minute. But anyway, she is, yes, one of my favorite people, somebody I look way up to um, because she's amazing in all of the ways. We wanted to, again, with this podcast, talk about different people's lives and some defining moments and things that they have gone through, hard things and how they've overcome or worked through or, you know. Turning points, things you've learned that you can share that will help others. And I only, I know you mostly just talked to Jess, Mandy, and you've come to our house and we've hung out a little bit. Hmm. And I just hear how smart you are and how much you understand <laughs> diets and allergies and all the yeah. fun stuff you've been through, but you also live like, and by the way, I don't want to talk about stuff that is going to make you uncomfortable. So we can <laughs> cut any of this just so you know, but I think you live a cool life. You're in LA, yeah. your husband's got a cool job, but you also have the same, you share the same profession, right? Right. Okay. Okay. So yeah. tell us a little bit about yeah. you, um, before we get into the nitty gritty of all the, um, other things, tell us a little bit about you outside of this food allergy. Stuff. Okay. So since you already touched on career. Um, my husband, Thomas, and I are both doctors of physical therapy. I am not working in that field right now, but I do love it. And I keep my license active and continue to learn so I can potentially go back to it someday. I left it out of necessity, not out of, you know, wanting to leave. Yeah. I really loved it. Thomas is also, he's a physical therapist and an athletic trainer. And we are in LA because he works as the head athletic trainer for the Dodgers baseball team. Ooh. So that's fun and crazy in its own challenge and yeah. turning point story yeah. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, another exactly. day. How long yeah, have you guys been out that. there? How long have you guys been out there now? This is our seventh year wow. in LA. Holy cow. cow. It's been that long. I know, right? See? And Time. before you were in Arizona, because so yeah. where were you before? So you did Arizona because he was with... We were in Arizona initially because a job took us there. Yeah. But then a couple years into that, well, Arizona is actually where we met in physical yeah. therapy school in Mesa. But then we left Arizona and traveled around doing short-term contracts. We could see more of the country and adventure yeah. a little. We came back to Arizona for a job. And then he worked with the minor league baseball team for the Cleveland Indians, who are now called the Guardians. Oh. Yeah. And then he did that for four years and then got the offer for the major league system seven years ago. About. So nice. we've lived a lot of places. And two of our kids were born in Arizona while we were there. Arizona. And you've got three kids total? We're not right. missing one, are we? Three daughters. Three girls. Yeah. Cool. What's your favorite place that you've lived in of all the places you've been? Oh, you know, I love Oregon. Oregon always mm. has a special place in my heart. And had Thomas not come along, it's probably where I would have ended up. <laughs> but, really? Um, we also, <laughs> yeah, we also awesome. both really love Charlottesville, Virginia, oh. which is where Chloe, our oldest, was born. But um, we both really liked it there. Yeah, it's pretty out there. I forget that she was born there. That's crazy. Yeah. Charlottesville, Virginia? Uh-huh. Okay. Hmm. Cool. Well, we 
asked Mandy to come on because she has a fun story. I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe we should, should we call it fun, Mandy? It's been an, a learning experience. Yes, for sure. Um, so Mandy has two daughters, two of the three that have severe allergies in general, right? But mainly food allergies is the biggest concern. Um, and so we kind of want to talk to you about that and about what that all entails and hope that maybe it can help somebody give them some resources that could help them if they are going through some of that stuff too. So why don't we start from the beginning of that story? So how did that all come about? How did you first learn about, or that Chloe, the oldest, right? That right. She had some issues with that. So she was only a couple weeks old when she started having really severe eczema, actually, and okay. not just this is an itchy patch on my skin eczema but super itchy burning open skin sometimes weeping really painful like anybody who's come in contact with poison ivy or poison oak i've had to explain that's about how it felt for her oh my gosh Uh, that was at a couple weeks old um and the eczema is its own other story i'll touch on it because that's where we started but that in itself has been a real journey as well and especially that first year and a half two years was really really hard yeah I remember going Um, over actually one time and you having to like fed her and then bathed her and like wipe her down with all of her creams like she had like two or three different kinds of creams when she was just baby baby if if someone has eczema, is that typically an allergic reaction to something? Your body is just reacting to it? Or is eczema something that you can just get because it's like we're in Utah, right? In the wintertime, it's super dry and cold here. and Right. So it's, it's really interesting because initially my understanding was that, that eczema was a reaction to food. And at the time only nursing her she's a brand new baby right so then it looks like it's food i'm eating however eczema is its own disorder as well it's not always tied to food okay um it can be it can be tied to environmental allergens as well and the two often go together the really interesting thing is that eczema especially severe eczema can be a red flag Mm that food allergies may be in the mix as well. Mm. And there is newer research showing a relationship between the two and Mm. that that can be a precursor to it. And the better you can handle and get under control the skin, well, this is still like a, a theory, but if we get the skin under control, can we help prevent the food allergies or decrease them or something? So, not all eczema is because of food allergies, and not all people with food allergies have eczema. But for some, a pretty big percentage, but not the majority, eczema and food allergies do go together. Interesting. Oh, and in our case, they've gone together. Yeah. How, although Juliet has some mild eczema, she doesn't have food allergies. Hmm. So. Yeah, and Juliet's the youngest, right? <laughs> you just never know what you're... Yeah, it's like yeah, it's a like game. Roll, uh, roll a couple dice and see what happens. 
gosh. And we didn't know what to expect this at all. We were totally blindsided by it. Yeah. Because you don't have so, allergies. No. And does Thomas have, did you say to Thomas, your husband? Thomas does not have food allergies. He had eczema and skin issues when he was a baby, and he has environmental allergies, which later on in the journey we learned genetically kind of go together. And it is mm. kind of like a dice because you may get none of it, yeah. or you may get one or two or three of the things. So eczema, food allergies, seasonal allergies, and pet allergies, and asthma genetically kind of go together. Mm. And it just depends on how they express. Um, but it's not just a genetic disorder. There's a okay. genetic component to okay. it. And there are lots of theories about food allergies, where they come from, why they exist. Um, but there are no really good answers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, lovely. Thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, I, gosh. I will say, though, for anybody out there who is dealing with this, and, you know, us moms in particular sometimes blame ourselves for things. And I will tell anybody out there who feels like that right now that nothing you ate or didn't eat when you were pregnant or mm. breastfeeding mm. caused this in your child. You did uh, not cause it. Mm. Just something genetic, possibly, or... Well, she said sometimes... It's a combination. Or whatever, yeah. There's, like, a genetic component. There's an environmental component, you know. There's been say, a lot of weird things going on with, like, our food supply and stuff yeah. the last sure. several decades. Um, it's, like, a perfect storm type of thing. Yeah. In a bad yeah. Yeah, right. Well, I had I remember my mom telling me how bad my eczema was as a baby. That's kind of why I asked as a kid. Mm. But I don't know if it was when like before we moved to Arizona or oh, when we moved so back you're or whatever. If it was environmental if it was, type. Yeah, and I had bit. like bad hay fever as a kid and my allergies have gotten better as I got older, but it, they didn't actually hit me until like the hay fever stuff didn't hit me till I was like 11ish, 10, mm. 11 and then my eyes would swell up and yeah. yeah, all that fun stuff. But I've never had any food uh, allergies till I was, till at least till I was older. Well, like, I, right. I wouldn't call it allergies though. Like you're more, um, what is the word, Mandy? Like sensitivity. Sensitivity. Yeah. That's the word. I'm sensitive. Yeah. That explains <laughs> me really well. Sensitive. So that actually sounds a lot like Thomas. Okay. My husband. So he had the really bad eczema when he was little. In the winter in Iowa, it's horrible. It's uh, one of the reasons he hates the cold. His hands will just can be terrible mm. when he moved to arizona his environmental allergies got better like he didn't have you know he had a lot of environmental allergies in iowa where he lived and grew up and went to college and everything mm. um and he went to arizona and was like oh it's the holy grail of places <laughs> to live that's <laughs> for him. oh that's yeah it makes a difference but the interesting thing is after a few years his body adapted and and then things start showing up again. <laughs> that crazy. Although the eczema, still the cold just kills his skin. Does it? Yeah, That's I have awful. lotion laying around everywhere. Yeah, he does. People yeah. laugh at me, but yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy. Yeah. Okay, so so you found that she had the eczema, and right. and I I do remember you like changing your whole diet, hoping that because you're feeding mm -hmm. her uh, anyway, and yeah. And did that seem to help, or what was the next steps after that? So it was 
super confusing and really hard. Um, so that's where the first even idea of food allergies yeah. came in. She was probably, so the eczema started around a couple weeks old. Um, I think it was probably around six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the eczema, we were back at the doctor's a lot. Yeah. Trying to get things sorted out. Um, and they recommended, you know, a lot of people, a lot of babies are sensitive to dairy through breast milk. Yeah. So why don't you take dairy out of your diet? So I did. Um, and then it still wasn't getting better. Or I think maybe I thought it got better a little bit, but it was still really bad. Hmm. And then I go back and I say, well, try taking out soy. And then we began this spiral of food restrictions for me, for her. Right. And I'm like, a new mom, right? And I'm like, I'll do anything for this child. So yeah. sure, starve me. Yeah, yeah. But, like, but whatever, was, as long as like, her. Yeah, but you were kind of starving yourself. Like, I remember you... Yeah, and not deliberately. So it was like, no, no dairy, then no soy. Oh, well, maybe it's the nuts. So try taking out nuts. And, you know, sometimes nightshades, which is like potatoes, tomatoes, peppers, like all this stuff. Sometimes that. And then it was like, maybe this, maybe that. And at one point, I was basically surviving on chicken and turkey, grape juice, and, like, broccoli. Oh, gosh. Like, there was, like, I was practically eating nothing. Yeah. Which then... Of course, then I, that's not good for me, right? right? But I'm doing anything I can for this child. Tried a whole bunch of food yeah. for her. And so um, it seemed like certain things help a little, but eczema also goes up and down. So in retrospect, I don't know if that ever helped her. Hmm. It might have a little bit. It might have taken some of the strain off of her, but then at the same time, the cost in that was, a, uh, you need a healthy mom yeah. to have a healthy baby, right? right? So <laughs> we also just... weren't sleeping because yeah. she's been pain, not sleeping, barely eating, and milk supply is going down. Ugh. However, my milk is the only thing this child can eat. Right. <laughs> so it's right. like, there's no formula. I mean, there is, and I'll talk about that more later, but. Um, the only formula that could have worked for her is like elemental formula, like what they put in feeding to. Uh, There's no like you can supplement with but this, a formula from the store. This isn't something you knew then either, though, right? Like this is something that you found later? Or not? About the, the elemental formula? Yeah. yeah, so we found that out a little bit later because, <laughs> so the other thing is, so then she wasn't growing fast enough. Yeah. So I had like a baby scale weighing her at least every week to make sure she's at least gaining weight, even if she's not gaining weight fast enough. I had my own growth chart, mm. keeping track of um, trying to feed her, writing down all these things. She was also having tummy problems. Um, as she got older, when she was around nine months old, she started actually losing weight um, and even getting weak. So mm. that was really scary. Yeah. And we had a doctor we were working at with the time at the time who said, you know, we'll just keep an eye on her. Yeah. Like we've been keeping an eye on her yeah. for months. It felt wrong to me. Yeah. I was like, I think we're past that. Like that, 
that intuition, like that gut feeling like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah not good okay. for you. Yeah. That's hard. So sorry. This is where this was a really hard time. Well, yeah, there's so many things. So, um, you know, it seems basic, right? You got to feed the baby, yeah. feed the child and they grow. Right. And I couldn't do it. Yeah. Cause I'm growing. Yeah. And so I walked out of that office and went <clears throat> and went directly to another doctor mm. office that I knew and they accepted us for an appointment. He sent us straight to Phoenix Children's Hospital. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so she was 10 months old when that happened. Um, <clears throat> he sent us to the hospital. He's like, this is scary. Mm. You need to go take her in right now. And so I did. We were there for about five days. What the short story of what came from that, we ended up with a dermatologist, an allergist, another pediatrician, plus the one I just went to because I just knew the other was wrong. Yeah. Um, gastroenterologist, nutritionist, like all Gosh. these people. Man. <clears throat> and what it the way it was explained to me is that her body it was so inflamed inside that it was like hard for her to um, use the calories she was getting, but also her body couldn't keep up with trying to heal this skin mm. and growing at the same time. Oh my gosh. So they hit her with hardcore steroid medications for her skin um, multiple times a day. She's a, she's still little, right? She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's, here's where she was. She was 10 months and 13 and a half pounds. It's tiny. Holy cow. Um, Holy and, you, and, they, and these started up basically right after she was born. Pretty much the get-go. From the right, and she was so a big, strong, and... healthy baby. Starting out, 8 pounds, 6 ounces, 21 inches. Like, she's solid, yeah. strong, healthy baby. So, um, five essentially 5 pounds in 10 months she put on. Holy cow. Yeah. And, well, the highest, and the highest she had gotten was, I think she had gotten up to 15 and then dropped to 13 and a half. Man. Gosh. So it was pretty scary and it was really hard and a lot of conflicting information and a lot of um a lot of comments toward me that made it feel like it was like us against the world. Mm. And trying to figure this out. Man. So that was really hard. Um that's when they started talking about a feeding tube. So you, I don't actually know if you ever knew that happened. I actually didn't, no. They didn't put um, on a feeding tube, but they talked about it, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. And they, actually, they... they actually strongly recommended it. Hmm. Um, but my decision point at that point was, okay, so we're getting her skin under control. And what you're telling me is her body can't heal the skin and grow at the same time. So if we can heal the skin, she should be able to grow Yeah. without going that route you know i felt like it was i mean they know what they're doing but it's still relatively invasive right yeah so it was like let's try let's give her a chance heal up the skin and then see if we can do it without the feeding tube 
Yeah. What what ways, sorry to back up here, but in what ways did it, do you feel that you were, it was you guys against the world? Was it because this wasn't something that a lot of people you were around had experience with? And so you were just testing and trying things out and people are like, well, just give her the peanut butter or whatever it is. And you're like, just trying to survive and try anything out of desperation or like, anyway, if, if that yeah. makes sense, how I'm asking. So it was that. a lot of, it was a lot of, um, trying to find the right doctors. Um, trying to find the right support that way. We had a, new, a nutritionist that was recommending things that didn't even make sense. I'm like, did you just listen to what I said? <laughs> um, it was, you know, I was constantly trying to find things that would help her. At this point, it was a lot with the skin. Um, any foods I did try with her would make her more sick. She would have tummy problems. She would be crying in pain. Um, and she would, like, not even nurse. Mm. Like, she was, it caused her so much pain that she didn't want to eat anything, mm. even breast milk. Like, she would oh, just, like, refuse baby. it. Holy and cow. so, um, and then it was, like, um, I just felt like I was doing every single thing I could find and learning as much as I could to help this baby. Yeah. And it wasn't enough. And some people told me it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't already know, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So sometimes people are jerks. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, and then it just makes yourself. you feel more like I'm not even going to tell anybody because. Yeah. This I'm is sorry. what I get, <laughs> you know, yeah. man. So it wasn't really just me and her. Like, sure. My mom was always awesome. Thomas was always great. I was handling the bulk of it, but he was supportive. Yeah. And, you know, so it wasn't really me against the world and her, but it kind of felt like that. We yeah, had a very cause... small support system at the time. Yeah. We couldn't really go out very much either. Like we would go. Um, just to get outside of our condo and just go for like five minute walk, mm. like just to go, or we'd go walk around Hobby Lobby or Target <laughs> right, right, <laughs> just right. to get outside for 10 minutes. But then we'd be in the car and she'd be scratching herself till she bled. Mm. So then it was like, I needed to get out mentally, but then she would have such a hard time in the car that then it wasn't worth it. It was just like this all spiral yeah. spiraling. So Man. the good thing is that once she was hospitalized, that was one turning point in her care, yeah. which then is a turning point for me and her, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we did get her skin under control. It took more aggressive treatment than you would typically do for a 10 month old child. Yeah. But it worked. So at this at this point when we Chloe was in the hospital, we also got um, an appointment with an allergist, board certified allergist, and he did the testing and gave us the actual diagnosis of food allergies, and thankfully a prescription which we filled for an EpiPen, which epinephrine okay. is the medication that will that saves lives. Um, when anaphylaxis, which is a severe allergic reaction, 
happen. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a shot. They give them in their thigh. So um, he gives a prescription for that. She ended up testing positive, allergic to pretty much everything. But he told us at the time, like, that's not really reliable. What this is really telling us is her body is just so inflamed and reactive right now that it's not accepting anything. Okay. Um, and so healing the skin, taking it slow with food introduction, all that stuff was really important. Um, she still ended up with a list of food allergies in the 20s, like 27 or something Holy. like that to start with. Um, and then we did end up, so we didn't end up doing the feeding tube. But it was a pretty hard road to get her to grow. She was growing, but it was still really slow. We ended up supplementing with elemental formulas, which is basically, it's what they would put in the feeding tube. All the proteins are broken down already. So mm -hmm. if you think of proteins, are like chains of pearls or strings of pearls. Okay. Um, the amino acids are each pearl. And this formula is already broken down into amino acids. Mm -hmm. um, so it's already half digested basically okay <laughs> so the the protein is the issue in a food allergy so since that protein's already broken down and it's not it's not dairy based um but then so we tried different kinds of bottles and cups and spoons and all kinds of stuff to try to get her to take at least some of that higher higher in calories mm than breast milk, so it's like going to help speed up the process of her yeah. growing. Um, unfortunately, she would never take very much of it. I ended up syringe feeding it to oh, her. Like a, um, like a, help me help you. Like a, ba like a little <laughs> baby animal at the house. You're yeah. just <laughs> nursing it. Exactly. So I would feed her on nurser, and then I would try to top it off with like syringes full of this as much as she would take, which was nowhere near what they wanted me to give her. Yeah. But it was some, and she continued growing. So we just kept doing that and kept weighing her. And I ended up with a baby scale in my house for like, I don't know, six, six months probably. So I could keep track of it. Anyway, so, so it was about 10 months. I don't know. She, okay, so her first actual allergy test panel she was one year old. Okay. Um, so it was a little bit after the hospital visit, but the hospital visits where we got the allergist. And typically they don't test for food allergies in babies under two years old. Under two. Could you imagine going till she was two with that? Why did they right. wait that long? Just because it's no, too hard to tell. No, it's because the, um, the likelihood of false positives meaning that it will show up that you're allergic, but you're really not, is too high. Mm. And then you risk restricting their diet too much unnecessarily, and then you run into other issues. Okay. So they just don't. But where she had been, like, had all this other, all these other things happening, um, it was like, well, let's find out if this is part of it or not and how to go forward. Because remember, okay, so she's one, she's getting the test, right? She needs to start eating food. Yeah. Right? So what? So now it's like, okay, she's allergic to everything yeah. and who knows what. Yeah. 
um, but not really allergic to everything. But her body's so reactive, it thinks it can't handle anything. But I'm supposed to give her food. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. okay. So fun vicious, time. Vicious cycle. So um, basically, with food introductions, that situation, you do one food for a whole week. One food by itself as plain and normal as possible. Mm. If there's any type of reaction, even like, you know, the skin gets worse, which sometimes did happen. Or um, she has tummy problems, which also sometimes happened. And she she would, like, cry and kind of squeeze up in pain Mm -hmm. for her stomach or have, um, you know, you know, problems on the other end, like, with yeah. her, like she'd get really, I don't know how graphic you want this, but <laughs> really like we've talked about all our kids' diarrhea slimy, on here. I'm pretty sure. Slimy, slimy green, oh. sometimes foamy diarrhea. Like it obviously wasn't right, right? Like yeah. babies have weird poop, but not like that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. so these things would happen. So if any type of reaction happened, then we stopped that food and had to wait two weeks oh to give gosh. her body time to heal. So if you do just a little bit of math, you can see how it took us till she was basically three to even get a normal variety that a typical 12 or 18 month old child has because it was so slow. And there were reactions in between there. So there's pain, there's treatment, there's going back to the doctor, going to the gastroenterologist, going to the allergist, all in between to try to sort that out. And you were saying, um, though, too, though, that with the eczema, it flares up on its own, right? So if she's flaring up, you're like, I don't know if this is a flare up on its own or if it's the food that I gave her. But either way, we have to wait another two weeks. So that's what you're saying. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or there were some times where it was really obvious. It was like, okay, is that... Immediate or something. Got it. So, you know, test her when she was... To test her again, food allergy test was a little bit more clear. Like, yeah. it was still, like, I think 27 foods. Oh, my gosh. But when you're thinking of introducing foods, it's like, okay, well, let's just not start with those. There's plenty of other foods. Try. She did have some true ones that she outgrew around age three, like eight. Oh, nice. Um, the 27, so the first time she did the allergy test, it was, like, almost everything was positive. And that's when he said, okay, this doesn't help us know what's causing it, but the way it does help us is it tells us her body's just so reactive. Yeah. That's not yeah. going to accept anything right now. So that was that thing. And then the next time we tested was when we got the list of 27, which honestly was good because it gave us somewhere to start with some of the food introduction stuff. But for a while, the only foods she could safely eat were oatmeal and applesauce. Gosh. And then we would add one food at a time slowly. And then I'm trying to, over here, like trying to balance the nutrition, right? I'm like, okay, well, let's try a vegetable next. Let's try another protein next. Let's do like, yeah. you know, trying. So even if she has six foods, they're well-rounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, food introduction was really tricky. Um, I read on your bio before... So how old was she when you had to use the, your first EpiPen on her? She was about two and a half. Yeah. And I thank God every day that 
our initial allergist at that 10, 12 month age gave us that prescription and told us how to use the EpiPen at that point. Yeah. Um, because it saved her life. Yeah. No question. Um, even the ER doctor, like, you absolutely saved her life. Mm. Wow. Like, and he's like, and I'm going to admit her because these kids sometimes will go into cardiac arrest <sighs> after you think they're fine. So I'm going to keep her here and he admitted her to the hospital. What was it at that point that had caused her caused you to have to use that? What food was that, or what happened? Yeah, do it you was know? it was wheat. It was uh, wheat. But she had had that before at some point, or th- no. at, none at all ever. No, we already knew wheat was one of the allergens. Okay. What happened is we went to a restaurant. Uh, we were told three times that it didn't have wheat or any like I had a list of the allergens. Um, we gave her a couple french fries but we had asked i had asked the server or the yeah the server who took the order had them ask in the back everybody said no there's none of that and it's just potatoes and oil fried in their own fry or whatever um which should be safe at that point she could have potatoes and she was two and a half so she did have some food and then what somebody else brought the food out and i asked them again and she ate it. And when we were walking out, she started, um, we were walking out of the restaurant. So it was a few minutes later, because she had them toward the end. Um, usually anaphylactic reactions will happen relatively quickly, usually mm-hmm. within the first half hour, sometimes within a minute, um, sometimes a little delayed for two hours. But so for her, it was about 10 minutes later, we were walking out. She was dancing in the little courtyard outside of the restaurant. And then she started digging in her mouth, like raking her tongue and screaming. Mm. And I was like, clear, okay, clear, what's wrong with all this, you know? And then she started passing out. So oh she was losing consciousness. She like, come off oh and then come back. I'm talking to her, clearly, clearly. And um, Thomas and my parents were both there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was thinking, then I was like, I need to get the EpiPens out. And, like, at that same time, my mom was like, you better get your EpiPen. I got it um, and injected her, put her back in the car. She was So she was in and out of consciousness. Um, Thomas got in the car, and he already likes to drive aggressively and fast. <laughs> but... He turned it up. Even you more. put your kid in a dangerous situation, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "I'll get to the hospital faster than the ambulance will get to us." Yeah. <laughs> but, no, no. Nice. Which actually, you should probably cut that part out because that's not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> that's like against all medical recommendations. Honestly, okay, if it's against <laughs> medical recommendations, but I think any parent would make the same judgment call like if we can get there faster we're rolling like and we're just gonna which is why they recommend not (laughs) at least when ambulance gets to they already have oxygen they already have yeah paddles that need to shock somebody they already have ivs like all that stuff so it's not really the time for them to get to you and the time to get back to the hospital it's the time for them to get to you Yeah, yeah however we knew the hospital was only it was like a mile mile and a half away it wasn't very far cool and so he's like 
I'm going to take her. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, maybe we should clip that part out, but that's really what happened. <laughs> no, that's and awesome so that you're he drove. Nice your parents were there too, by the way. Yeah. Like, shout out yeah. to them. Our three-year-old Gwen at her birthday party yes. we had like everybody over a couple Sundays ago and she literally asked for your dad where's Uncle Bruce <laughs> and I'm like oh my heck like Half the time she, she does loves call him Papa too she loves him yeah and Bruce yeah. is awesome she does. Anyway. and Linda but yeah man yeah that's so scary so Thomas drove like a bat out of hell yeah to get there like I even like I said something like <laughs> We can't get there if we die, or it doesn't help if we die on the way, or something like that. Sounds and my like dad's yes. like, "Stop! He knows what he's doing." Yeah, <laughs> or like, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but then, so what? So we went to the hospital, right? So my story is kind of getting convoluted, but that's nice. how we got there. On the way, so remember, she's losing consciousness. Put her in the car seat. I'm sitting right next to her in the back, and this is how amazing epinephrine is. And how grateful I am. If you use it appropriately and quickly, it saves lives. So she's in out of consciousness, breaking, screaming when she was conscious. And then, like, halfway through the few minutes car ride, she's like, Papa, I can breathe again. Oh. Oh, my heck. Ugh. Yeah, this would freak me out. Yeah. Those are like the only words she could probably say. (laughs) Yeah. So we get in there. We stay at the hospital. The next morning, my dad and Thomas went back to the restaurant. And they were like, look, my baby's in the hospital right now. And I was told that this food didn't have any of her allergens. I want to see the packaging, which here's a lesson. Always ask to see the packaging. Mm before you feed your kid anything at a restaurant if they have severe food allergies. Um, And the first ingredient was potatoes. The second ingredient was wheat. Man. They were coated in it. Shush. And you probably are always feeling bad because you're having to ask the restaurant, yes, three times, and you're like, well, this is life or death, and everybody that doesn't understand allergies, I've probably been there, honestly, which I hate to admit, especially after a story like that, but I'm just like, I did, I never understood them. Right. And, and people are like, Oh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. You have thousands of people come in and out and everybody's great. But then you have an experience like this and everybody kind of probably just wakes up and is like, Oh, <laughs> like yeah. literally it can kill somebody if we don't just take an extra 30 seconds and look at the packaging or something, you know? Yeah. And right. Yeah. I'm glad we're having and this people are Like you're not asking and being persistent about it. Just, to, to be a be, pain. Yeah. To be a Karen. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't want to be that person, yes. but I have to be that person yeah. because I'm protecting my children's lives literally. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. We honestly just rarely if ever go to restaurants. Because um, yeah. it's a pretty high risk situation. Um, we had found a couple that we trusted. and um, But now, since you know, with all the staffing shortages and people are cutting corners since COVID and stuff. And I'm like, man, that's worse. Yeah. Cause I remember you were saying before, so like, what was it? Usually like in and out was pretty safe, right? If you ordered certain ways and yeah. red Robin, what were some other ones we would go to Chipotle? Yeah. 
Anyway, yeah, then, so, yeah. then you went through the drive through at In-N-Out, right? Is that what happened? You went through drive through at In-N-Out, said, no cheese, no cheese, no cheese. And then there was cheese. And then she couldn't eat. Severe, aller- severe allergies of dairy, wheat, and mustard is what I say. Dairy, wheat, and mustard. And um, so... Mustard, you said? They could have mm-hmm. the... Mustard. Yeah. And they could have the fries from In-N-Out because they really are... Potato. Potatoes, oil, and salt. Yeah. And they're on their own line. But then Adeline's not allergic to wheat. And the In-N-Out bun happened to be safe for her. So she mm. could technically get the hamburger. But we've had twice where there's actually been cheese on it. And I said, nope. Yeah. And I'm glad you uh, checked, too, right? Well, Let I'm me sure do it. This... Yeah. Oh, yeah. The kids, the Julia and Natty will open a cheese check. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I look, but I'm like, you know what? No. Yeah. So, Ugh. yeah. So, well, so let's, go, let's go to, so you have Chloe. Very get-go. There's trouble. So then now we go to have more kids. Or was there something in there that we missed that you'd like to talk about between those no, two? No, it's actually the perfect segue to it because I was already pregnant with Adam like five months let's see that happened in April May, June, July, August. so I was five months pregnant with Adeline yeah when, when this happened. happened oh really yeah. yeah so a few months later Adeline's born okay again healthy strong big baby um started out with eczema the difference one of the differences is we knew so much more yeah. And we already had a support team established. Around the yeah. time Chloe was two, we found an allergist in Mesa. Who, so our first allergist was great um, in terms of the food allergies. Our second allergist changed our world mm. because he was also special. He also specialized in eczema. Mm. And that shifted everything. Yeah. And he just is a huge blessing to us. It literally changed our world when we found him. So that was when Chloe was two. And so by the time Adeline was born, we already had a relationship established with him, a trust established. What he had advised worked the best of anything. Yeah. And so Adeline started with eczema, and he's like, yep. Here we <laughs> so, go. Round two. So we knew what to do, and we had his support. He also had a gastroenterologist who he worked closely with, not in the same clinic or anything, but they had a professional relationship already established. He said, I want you to go see her because Adeline had a lot of digestive issues also. Mm. And so we worked with the two of them oh, nice. a lot, and we saw them a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she had the eczema. She had the the tummy issues. Um, her her eczema never got as bad as Chloe's, and I don't know. And this probably doesn't really matter, but I don't know if it really just wasn't as bad, or if we just knew more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we could handle it. Like we knew what to do. We had this whole protocol for, in this case, we had this whole protocol for when it was really bad or whatever, and right. to get her healed up pretty quick. Um, so that helped a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. And then, um, because of Chloe's history, 
he tested her early for food allergies also. And he was like, you know, I'm a pretty smart person. I'm well-educated and um, I like to learn new things. And I wanted the explanation for things and why they work and why they don't and what the heck is going on here. Yeah. Um, And so I just said, I know that that there's a high rate of false positives. So this was when she's like around one, right? She needs to start eating food. And of course, I'm terrified of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have to eat, but we have this allergy issue where like I'm introducing foods with an EpiPen behind me. Yeah. On the counter. You know yeah. what I mean? And a go bag. Like I had a bag packed in case we had to go to the hospital. Every time you fed them, a new Every item. time. Well, the bag was just packed all the time. Oh, okay. And then, um, the EpiPens were always out, and they're in, like, a little protective case. I always had that cracked open so I could just pull it out. Mm. And, of course, I move it where the kids can't see it, but right, it's right, right there. Right, 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 So, anyway, so I told them, sorry, I got track. So, I said, I know there's a high false positive, but I just need a place to start. Yeah. If it comes up with a whole bunch of allergens, I just won't start with those. Right. <laughs> like, and, and we can go to those later. And I knew it took two years to get Chloe a normal amount of food right. as, in terms of variety. So, like, I just need to start somewhere, and I won't start with stuff. Yeah. So, again, ended up with a list of allergens in the 20s. I think hers was 24. And we started with. Um, and so I was like, I knew that some of those could be false positives, but, you know. We need to start getting her food. Yeah. So here is the kicker. So we've learned about anaphylaxis. I was not afraid to use epinephrine. Yeah. It's like a godsend to the world. Um, Knew how to handle the skin, even though it was really hard. Mm -hmm. I at least knew what to do now. Yeah. So here's the new kicker is Adeline turns out to be allergic to some of the foods that are Chloe's safe foods. Yeah. So now you have... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You're like, you have 20, you have 20, but they're not the same 20, pretty much. Right. (laughs) Right. Gosh. And that's still like how many, how many total would you say with the differences? Like, Well, so some overlap and some did end up being false positives. Oh, good. Um, We ended up with um, 12 food allergies for one of them and 11 food allergies for the other and about half of them match up and about half of them are different and that at so what Chloe, point did you get that figured out like how old were they when you figured all of the set food allergies out i had a pretty consistent list for each of them when they were about three okay so chloe's list had just gotten pretty consistent yeah 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 and, <laughs> and then, then adeline comes when we get to this loop so she was allergic to dairy and wheat two of the ones she was allergic to were dairy and wheat Mm -hmm. and so when you're substituting for those coconut becomes important as a substitute for dairy and buckwheat becomes important as a substitute for wheat okay what is it for wheat sorry those are two of the ones buckwheat those are buckwheat buckwheat okay those are two of the ones that adeline reacted to when i introduced them to her with wow. buckwheat, she got hives all over. Uh-huh. No anaphylaxis at this point, but she got hives all over her. And the coconut, I think, she threw up. 
and then her eczema got worse. Mm. <clears throat> so like, so, two. but those were two that we were relying on. Yeah. For yeah. Yeah. Every single food that we figured out, whether it was by reaction or testing, no matter what the food was, any one food threw us for a new loop. Yeah. We had to pivot, figured out, readjust and keep going. Cause we still need fed every day. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple. Yeah, I was going to say right. multiple times. And we sit here and I complain. I'm like, oh, you want to eat again? Like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> How come you have to eat so often, you know? But they can just go to the cupboard and get whatever. Or we can just run down the street to a restaurant and get whatever. Like, that's not the case for you. You're Right. Well, and at this point, within our own home, it's like You can that. do that, right. You know, it's like we have enough built up and enough established. Well, and they're that old is. enough now too, okay. though, that they know what are their safe foods and what are not. Where before that right. wasn't the case either, though, right? Like, did you guys do you still have? I remember right. coming to your house and there's like <laughs> sticker coating or whatever of what's safe for one, but not the other, or don't give anybody. Yeah. Or for those ones that do exist in our house, yes, but we keep those to a minimum. Yeah, it's. It's much easier to, once we figured out the whole complete list and those stabilized a little bit. Yeah. It was better for us to just cook safe for everyone. Right. Than to do this and that and the other. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. But there are a couple of things in our house and they are well marked. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Still to the And they know. So, yeah, so I learned to cook and bake for them, and I'm better at that than I ever was before having them, so there's a silver lining. You do fantastic. Um, I was just really dedicated to them being able to still have great food and enjoy food and not be like, well, this is, I have to settle for this because of my food up. Well, Um, and... So let's talk a little bit about like going, going out. Like, what does that look like? You guys don't really, like you said, you already said you don't really eat out as much as possible. And so that's off the table, but like you still have to travel, you know, you still want to go to birthday parties. We've talked about that, about the different things that you have to do with that. What does that look like? It looks like, Twice as much luggage as you would normally take. Yeah. <laughs> because we've got coolers of food, and I take my own cookers. <laughs> well, cause like cross- a rice yeah. cooker or a cooker. Because cross-contamination, right? Like, we stayed in the same place right. one time, and she'd have to bring her own knives and her own cutting board and everything because if those things had been yeah. used sure. previously with something that's an allergen, there's the potential there, right? Right. So I have, you know, rubber made tub of all the kitchen tools and um, dinnerware and stuff like that. And then I have a tub of all the food and then I've got a cooler of the food that needs to be cooled. And then I've got at least one of the cookers and then a bit like a big snack bag cooler with food, you know, to last three days if we get stranded on the road or something, <laughs> you know, in like a snack bag for the day of travel. Um, so we have that food bag that we keep with us, whether we're on the plane or 
if we're in the car, then we put it in, you know, up front. So everybody has stuff to eat during the time. And I typically overpack it because what if we get stuck somewhere? Yeah. Um, are you, so what are there your was face? like a lot of luggage and a lot of prep. There. If I know treats ahead of time, like a birthday party, yeah, I will make, I even try to match it. Yes, this is where I'm like, you're crazy. Cause you're she'll call. So we went and we stayed together at a, a like an Airbnb and she's like, okay, what do we want to eat so that like she can match it as close as possible so they don't feel like they're being left out so that they could still have hot dogs with us, say, right? And so she'll find the safe buns. She'll find the safe hot dogs and the safe ketchup, right? And no mustard. That's because cool. That's never, but she—that's what I'm saying. This she's is why my hero. She's like superwoman. And then we talked about treats, and she's like, "Okay, I'll provide, or I'll get the po- this popcorn that we can get, or, you know, anyway." And well, this is why moms exist for this reason right here, because this is <laughs> you, you and Jess. Like, I even just like we were at a friend's party, and she, anyway, it's just everything's over the top always, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, usually the path of leaves resistance and with daughters, it is a little bit different. So they get a little more spoiled. My boys see it already, but like, um, <laughs> if it was my boys, I'd just be like, dude, suck it up. It's for whatever it is, what it is <laughs> like, just deal with it. But it's, it's cool that you actually do it and make it fun and, yeah. and experiment with it. And it's like, this is the card we've been dealt. We're going to just make the best out of it that we can. And and then work yeah. through it and see how we can improve it. And and it's a lot of work. Yeah. That's yeah, I basically recreate. I mean, I have to. I need to feed them anyway, right? But I'm packing the food for the birthday party. And if I can, I'll try to make something that's close to the same. I have to. I need to be making food anyway, so I might as well try to match it to the party. And um, she makes bomb cupcakes. Oh yeah. So I always take. They always take their own cupcakes. They never eat the food that's at the party. That I always take it whether it matches or not they're only eating what I brought or what I sent with them yeah they will not eat anything else um one so always cupcakes yeah. right it, this is so weird even with a toddler cupcakes were one of the first things that I needed to learn how to make really safe for her hmm. because there's all these birthday parties yeah. and you don't <laughs> yeah. yeah and then their own birthday party what yeah. are you gonna do do you freeze do you just like make a whole bunch and then freeze some and then just whip it out when <laughs> it's time to sometimes go? i do or if i'm making them for one party then i'll save the others and just be like oh, okay these are like a backstop oh, yeah. but then sometimes what i'll do is i'll make the cupcakes or the cake for the party so you like volunteer to do for it. everyone so i'll bring like the so what, you know this two dozen cupcakes actually... or whatever for everyone, but then I still keep theirs separate, so people aren't touching it. Yeah. yeah. What are your normal like? What does a normal week of food look for you guys? I'm sure you've figured out how to spice it up. Are there like certain foods, food groups that you guys normally just stick to now, or I guess where they've been in this allergy? I don't know, as a program or what the right verbiage would be for that, but. <laughs> That's pro- I'm guessing that's allowed you to maybe open it up some more. But are there just kind of staples that you guys do? You just kind of cook the same stuff fairly often, and just try just to kind of mix things. Just try to cook it up differently, or what is like a normal kind of. But we actually like people even ask the girls like they'll say, "What are you allergic to?" And they'll say, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, what do you eat?" Yeah, 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 yeah. right. But actually, they have a very full diet that's full of variety. Like, we've been able to take what they can have and really expand on that. And that's one of the things I tell people who are new to it is 
focus on what they can have and build from there because it's a lot more encouraging than yeah. looking at the lips you can't have. Yeah. So they, you know, dairy is one of the big ones, but grocery just don't put cheese on top of them. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we don't use wheat tortillas. Um, although that is, this is where it kind of gets confusing, but that's where Chloe is actually safe to be around wheat now. Mm-hmm. And so the other kids might have wheat. We still have like a separate toaster, but like the other kids can have a wheat tortilla around Chloe and she's okay. Um, but that's been a progression. Before, yeah, because like, before uh, I remember Chloe. like Thomas had like a handful of something that he had ate had it on his hands, didn't wash his hands, and touched her, and she, you could see it like looked like a mark where he had touched her, like almost yeah. like he'd hurt her, but he just, you know, right. grabbed her to pick her up or whatever, right? So it was like right. that bad allergies to wheat that it was for them. So right. dairy hands, will wiping do that. down constantly. Dairy will do that, you said? Dairy will do that, so it'll get hype wherever it touches them. Mm. Um we usually identify it really fast and get it washed off because then it would be contact, right? So we're trying to wash off the offender. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we didn't notice and wipe it off right away, if that would spread or if it would stay where it contacted. But yeah. We don't, we don't try that. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's not one that you're going to test out. <laughs> so like, day, like daily, you know, they can have oatmeal and... Um, they can both have eggs, which is awesome. Yeah. Both of them started out not being able to have eggs, so I got really good at vegan baking because mm. no eggs, no dairy. Um, got pretty good at it, yeah. actually. Practiced a lot. Some recipes in the trash, some mm. that were, like, edible but not good, and then, like, some that were really good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but thankfully, they outgrew that. It has helped to have good. that protein source and that function in baking. Yeah, but it's also kind of cool that if somebody else has an egg restriction. I'm like, that's okay. I can cook for you. I got you because <laughs> I know how. <laughs> so you know, learn things along the way. Mm. Um, you know, they have. Um, they can have sandwiches, but on certain bread and with a vegan butter that doesn't have dairy in it. Um, most mayonnaises actually have mustard in them, so mm. we don't use those. Um, yeah, so reading labels. You know, like, they can eat uh, they can eat all the meats and potatoes, rice, corn, um, fruits and vegetables. All yeah. of those are okay now. Adeline had a problem with berries in the beginning. Mm. Actually, Chloe had a problem with blueberries in the beginning also. Mm. She was like around two. Um, but they're both fine with all that. So, you know, if you think meat, fruit, vegetables, rice, potatoes, and corn, like, yeah, you're good. you can do a lot with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's your, what's your advice, if I can ask this, I don't want to storm over your questions, but what would be your advice then for, like, a young mom that's just discovering or parents that are seeing that their, their, their child or children have food allergies? What would be, like, the first steps that you would recommend they take? Like, if you had hindsight, what would you do? knowing what you know, what advice would you give to people, I guess, that are dealing with this? Yeah. So um, your wording is interesting because I've actually started a business 
mm. who helps that. And what the program is called is First Steps. Oh, <laughs> so I was I like, no start idea. here. This is what you do. Did you um, I didn't but, know it was called First Steps, but I know she's awesome. putting together yeah. programs. First step, they have a First Steps kit and a First Steps program. I'm like, this is what you need to do first. But um, number one, if you're prescribed an EpiPen, go get it. Take it everywhere, every time, and don't be afraid to use it. Number one. Yeah. Number two, you have to feed the kids, right? So the number one question that I get from other people is, what do I feed my kid now? And it doesn't matter if it's a list of allergens or if it's one. Yeah. It throws people for a tailspin. And it's kind of like this, oh, my gosh, what do I do now? Yeah. And so I always say, start with what they can have. And, um, you know, for a lot of, for most, if you start with meat and fruit and vegetables and then build from there, it works. Obviously, it doesn't if you're vegan or vegetarian, then you have to be like, okay, start with, you know, if they can have the beans and legumes and stuff like that, start there in the vegetables. So start where you can and what you know, and then you can build on that. And then what happens is once you open your mind to that and you're like, okay, well, they can have this and this, and you start thinking that way, then your right. list starts expanding because now your mind can like actually think about all of the other foods that are available. Yeah. Um, where when you first get that diagnosis, it's just kind of like, and I notice people around here in California don't really <laughs> resonate with this um, metaphor, but it's like a deer in the headlights thing. No. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. fight or flight, yeah. what do I do? I don't know. Yeah. So they just freeze. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. So that just saying, what are a couple of things they can still have? Then that starts snowballing into, okay, there's actually a lot we can still have. And I have them write it down. Sometimes they help them make a list. Yeah. Um, and then we learn about how to be safe protecting against the allergens. We are going to stop there for now. Thanks so much for listening. As always, we'd love if you take a minute to give us a rating and review. And also, don't forget that we'd love to hear your questions. You can find links to our amateur advice doc in the show notes. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at thhpod.